0: Shit, motherfucker, ass, tits, cunt, cock, motherfucker, shit, ass, tits, motherfucker, shit. Come on, pickety fuck, pickety fuck, pickety fuck, pickety fuck, 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 fuck. Shit, motherfucker, ass, tits, cunt, cock, motherfucker, shit, ass, tits, motherfucker, shit. Come on, pickety fuck, pickety fuck, pickety
1: fuck, pickety fuck, 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 fuck. It takes some shit.
0: On this episode of the commercial break and I you know it's like I know no one does this and I probably shouldn't mention it on the show but if you happen to be like making love um, with somebody I apologize you can, can cut out the making love part uh, no but, you uh, can say <laughs> Yeah, please <We're>
2: dude <laughs> Reggie come on You are. I want to tell you something you are amongst friends literally we're the only ones that are going to hear this so you're fine Don't
3: worry about it. <laughs> the next episode of the commercial break starts now
2: Kids and kittens, welcome back to the commercial break. I'm Brian Green and this is my dear friend and co-host, Kristen Joy Hoadley. Best to you, Kristen. Best to
1: you, Brian.
2: And best to you out there in the podcast universe. Hey, I thought what Aliens is. was the appropriate noise to play today as we have the very talented, extraordinarily unique, beatboxing comic, Reggie Watts, coming on for the, TV, the TCB Infomercial. I'm really excited about this one Me because too. Reggie is one of my faves. He's always been one of my faves, Chrissy. Not always, because I haven't known him for that long. <laughs> not like we've been best friends since I was born. But since he hit the scene, comedy, bang, bang, and all that, he's uh, super talented. He's written a book. We have it right here. He's written a book. I read it. I'm going to put it upside down. There we go.
1: <laughs> I love that
2: book, too. Reggie Watts. Fast Times, Post Punk, and Weirdos. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm just gonna ignore it. I'm just gonna ignore the fact that Blue just walked in the <laughs> I, studio like a goddamn queen bag. that she is. <laughs> really? She's unbelievable. She's unbelievable. Go get out. <laughs> Leave me <laughs> alone. Uh, oh well, man.
1: I know, and it's funny too. There's a, a funny connection because when we told Jeff, my husband, about Reggie, yeah, he had that uh, story to tell. I'm gonna. Ask Reggie about it, too.
2: The story to tell? Because
1: he's a musician, too.
2: Yeah, he is. Well, mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's a good question for Reggie, too. It's like, do you consider yourself a musician, yeah. a comic, or some kind of hybrid? I think I'm kind of like a futurist, too. Like, he's always, like, predicting the future. I don't know. He's Reggie a is a renaissance very, man. He is a renaissance man, mm-hmm. for sure. So we're super excited to have him on. We'll have him here in a couple minutes. But first, but first, I wanted to talk about something that I find extremely interesting. So not as interesting as Reggie Watts, but it is interesting. And that is... Did you know that in 1957, the BBC fooled an entire country into thinking that spaghetti grew on trees? Did you hear this? (laughs) Have you seen this?
1: No. It is insane. Is it like this day in history? Yeah, it's (laughs) this day
2: in history, TCB style. I feel like we've been broadcasting since 1957. (laughs) I I feel like we have another 80 years to go. Just today alone. I know. Uh, This day is never-ending. I swear to God it is. It's never-ending. It's been plagued by so many problems. It's just so fitting that Reggie is coming on today. It really is. We're going to end with icing on the cake, and that's...
1: I know. I wish I had like. I wish I had another one of those. Like, it's a new moon.
2: Yeah, yeah. When you were like,
1: that's just the kind of bullshit I've been trying to blame something
2: on. I, I, that's just the kind of bullshit I've been well, trying know, to blame it's,
1: something it's on. It's Fat
2: Tuesday. It, fat Tuesday. While, while we're recording there this, there you go. So. We should be drunk somewhere. Well, you should instead... be.
1: See, the world is not right.
2: Yeah, it knows. That's right. It's, it's trying to pull us down. You're not trying to get out there. Keep following fucking.
1: Here's some beads. Hoo-ah! Go yeah. have fun. Here's some beads. <laughs>
2: Show me your, show me your knees. Well, show me your knees. As the left? show me your culturally appropriate knees. Show me your ankles, as my masseuse did the other day. Show me your ankles. Okay, I got a, I got a fourteen minute ankle massage. Called it a day. Why not? <laughs> and an origami lesson. No, oh, the origami <laughs> sheets. So the BBC patrolled BBC <laughs> an entire country. They put out a documentary on the BV fucking sea. And what they, I no love one, that
1: sense of humor.
2: Because it, what, the world wasn't as close as it is today, you just couldn't <laughs> hop on a plane, right? And a m- few people, I imagine, only rich people or people with means, would take a boat to go to Italy or, or get on a train or whatever they did back then. To Italy, that spaghetti wasn't a thing that was very popular in mm. Britain. So, because it wasn't very popular, the some producers they're still the,
1: not known for their pasta. No,
2: <laughs> they're not known for their food at all. <laughs> let, me, let me attest to that. I feel like I am British in a different life. I feel like born in the wrong country. Really, I, I love the British. I love their humor. I love everything about it. I love your country. Your food, eh, <laughs> <laughs> But I'm Irish, and I don't have much to talk about, so there you go. Um, so they put together this entire documentary where they hung cooked spaghetti from trees, like uh, like olive trees, and just rows and rows of the spaghetti. So I saw the actual parts of the documentary, and these ladies were going around pulling the cooked spaghetti and laying them out in baths. There was a guy holding a basket, and they would put it in the basket and lay it out. And they fooled an entire country into believing that spaghetti grew on trees. That is too funny, (laughs) isn't that fucking wild? (laughs) Isn't that? I just like, I don't know why, but mind blown. 1957 bbc god damn right for the first (laughs) rickroll ever (laughs) it grew on trees it grew on trees really guys it grew on trees that's what you believe (laughs) that's what you had uh i i don't know that's it you know after the war maybe just people weren't thinking straight (laughs) 12 years after the war
1: (laughs) maybe that's they were doing like a drying action like because when i've made homemade pasta yeah There's like a drying rack, and it could be like a branch. Yeah.
2: (laughs) This was officially they were trolling. It was like a a purposeful, you know, yuckle, yuckle, (laughs) yuckles, Yuckles. the the clown school (laughs) kind of thing going on. Ah, good old yuckles, the clown school, and dating advice. (laughs)
1: That's right.
2: (laughs) So if you get a chance, look up the BBC documentary on spaghetti growing on trees, because if now, knowing what we know, that in fact spaghetti does not grow on trees— that it'll be funny to you that to watch as people try to convince look, you I'm gonna look for it. that spaghetti grows on trees the great bbc the great <laughs> british broadcasting corporation <laughs> company whatever they call it channel <laughs> i don't even know what it is uh but you know that's how the that's how the british roll. they have they fund that bbc now they have many other channels besides that but they used to be the bbc bbc one bbc two they still have bbc seven bbc eight when you go over there it's all bbc or sky tv or whatever it is we just don't have any kind of equivalent here in the united states our broadcasting channels (laughs) are not what they used to be let's just put it that way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I think you there's could. more of them, but oh, yeah, more yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. mean better. There's thousands of change- more does not mean better. Uh, you, you, you know, I bet you could go ask like a 15 year old what. ABC stands for, NBC stands Mm -hmm. for, CBS stands for and they probably would not even understand what you're talking about. They'd Mm -hmm. be like, what are you talking about? Channel 5? Channel 5? Yeah, my dad watches it. Right. (laughs) That's where he gets all his news (laughs) about Trump. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The great Reggie Watts up with us in just a few minutes. His book, Great Falls, Montana, Fast Times, Post Punk, and Weirdos. He's coming up on this show. I can't believe it. It's yet another fine, fantastic guest book on the show that has no, abs- absolutely <laughs> no business being here. Uh, but we'll take it where we can get it. That's right. We fooled another one. We fool- <laughs> you won't be fooled again? Oh, yes. You've been fooled again. <laughs> so let's do this. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, we will be with Reggie. Uh, yep. Reggie in blue. What's that, Reggie and Blue? No, I'm guaranteeing I'm getting that Blue out of here real fucking quick. Look,
1: well, she turned around to look at
2: me. I know. What? She's like, huh? What? <laughs> Don't touch me, I'll bark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here she comes. She's like, yep, okay. You want me to bark? I'll bark. <laughs> All right, let's kick Blue out, we'll be back.
4: Okay. I know you're already on your phone, so pull up Instagram and follow us at the commercial break, and then follow us on TikTok at TCB Podcast. Done perfect thank you since you're at the ready why not text us hello at 212-433-3TCB or if you've got some drama in your life a little fun story or anything really we're desperate for content call and leave us a message at 212-433-3TCB and don't forget to check out tcbpodcast.com because that's got it all speaking of having it all let's listen to our fabulous sponsors and get back to the commercial break
2: and we're here with Reggie now Reggie thanks so much for joining us here on the commercial break thanks for taking time out of what I'm sure is a very busy schedule to be with the most important show in the podcast universe the commercial break (laughs) Uh, I and you've done true.
1: Conan, and you, now you've
2: done Conan, and now
0: you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I've time. done the Barbarians show. Yes, yes, yes and now I'm here.
2: <laughs> I notice there's a pattern going on with our guest. It's like Rogan, Conan. Seven <laughs> months later, the commercial break. When we just run out of options, we're like, "All right, the commercial oh, yeah. break. Let's go there." But you know what? Yeah, we are the most mediocre podcast in the universe, so it's okay that you're that you're there here you here last. I want to ask Max you, mid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you a question that I one time asked Dane Cook. So there's a lot of similarities here. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm I'm hoping you give me a much more interesting answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is the very first thing that you found funny that you can remember finding funny? Like uh, just the very first thing that you found made you laugh.
0: Yeah, it was watching the Muppet show and they would have something called a Muppet newsflash. Oh yeah. And and it was like this reporter that had like, you know, look kinda like this right? <laughs> yes like big yes. chin like nose you know, what a nose like broadcaster looking guy and it'd be <laughs> like, a Muppet news flash, you know, and and he he has this like little prompter paper in front of him and he's he's like, there are reports of a strange identified object in the sky. And then he just gets crushed by this giant <laughs> bell.
2: We're talking about... Like, we're talking about like the original uh, Muppet Show, yeah. Primetime Muppet oh, ship, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. It was like 1970... I don't know, 79 or something like that or 1980. And... Uh, yeah, and like this bell just immediately falls on him, and you hear this gang or whatever. And I couldn't stop laughing for an hour. I just because it's just like it happens so quickly. It's just like a Muppet Newsflash. There are reports of an unidentified.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Much more interesting answer than Dane Cook, by the way. You win. And uh, the reason why I wanted to ask you this is because you, uh, you have such. A unique brand of humor that i find so funny uh, it's disorienting and funny at the same time it comes out of the blue it's like you have to really think to keep up with what's going on on stage and i love it and i just was curious about where like your comedy gets its uh, like it gets its origins what informed your comedy and d and maybe you can help me maybe you can explain it because you're you and you have a better <laughs> idea of where you got that from but well, what f- informs that sense of humor that disorienting out of the blue here it comes is, is uh, that muppet you know segment kind of tells it all i guess just came out of the blue
0: <laughs> yeah i yeah i don't you know i don't know i guess i guess some of it is like the muppets for sure they had like a silliness to them that was very you know um uh, this is very silly, and so it starts kind of with silliness, and then I think Monty Python. When I saw Monty Python, that blew me away, mm. and that was this absurdist, silly humor. And so I think it's just a it's just an appreciation for things that are silly, um, and mixing it with not having to have to make everything make sense, yeah. and connect mm-hmm. uh, that ideas can be, and I think it probably came from studying music, you know, where music, it's like you can throw things that don't make sense at all in a composition and it, and it mm-hmm. works and yeah. you can, it can be disjointed and it can change styles drastically at any given moment. It doesn't have to make sense. And so I think with humor just expanding it to humor and improvised or improv based comedy or whatever performance, I think that that's kind of where that all came from—just being silly, but don't I don't have to make it a cohesive narrative, like a little perfect sense narrative. So, yeah, probably came from that.
2: Yeah, I think um, I've been a fan of yours, comedy, bang bang, college humor days, and I. I'm just so fascinated, and I think that's a great analogy that you made with the music, is there's no barriers, there's no walls, it comes out of nowhere, it goes places it's not so, you wouldn't expect it to go. Sometimes there's no narrative to it whatsoever, but it is very, very funny. Do you feel like, you talked about this in your book, which is great, by the way, Chrissy and I both read it. Do you feel like comedy helped you? Breakdown Barry. Look at that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's
1: my favorite on the messages you can do on your iPhone.
2: <laughs> so for six weeks, I say Chrissy and I were sitting here doing the show and every mm, let's call it 15 minutes shit started popping up on the video screen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like thumbs up, fireworks, balloons. balloons, little guys flying across. And we couldn't figure out for the life of us why this was happening. We were wondering if we were streaming live and someone was reacting to it. And we just couldn't I, figure it out until we realized that Apple had somehow placed, um, you know, some kind of emojis inside of our computers.
0: Yeah, uh, whatever they call it, excitacons. No, I don't, I don't yeah. know what they
2: are. <laughs> uh, did you feel like humor was a was a like a barrier breaker for you? you you know you were born uh overseas and you came here and ended up in great falls montana somehow did you feel like humor became like a, a wall breaker for you uh
0: uh i mean yeah for sure i mean for sure i mean but it's like it's not quite like something that I was like, how do I survive in society? I better choose humor, (laughs) you know, not that you were implying that, but just, uh, I don't know. It's, I think some people might think that that's the way that it happens. But I, no, I mean, I I was just like, I was just naturally playful, you know, weird. Like I loved stuff that was weird, you know, stuff that was like that represented things in strange ways or shows that made me feel weird. Or I was always gravitated to strange, strangeness and so i think that that was there and then mix in the silliness and then my love of pop culture you know and then like referencing pop in order to like make it more palatable, palatable for people you know that those types of things like that mm. all just kind of happens naturally and it
2: comes yeah. across in the in the music too chrissy you actually have an interesting story about i
1: do i ended up telling my husband that we were interviewing you and he has a, a record uh indie record label called terminus records and he did a lot of work yeah. with Tucker Martin and uh, Wayne Horvitz oh, yeah. on the My Lab yeah. record. And he Sick. recently did that was kind of a pandemic project for him to re-release some of his um, some old uh, you know things that he'd worked on, old projects. And My Lab was one of them. So he's like, oh my god, I don't know, you know, t- tell tell him Tucker Martin and Wayne Horvitz. will definitely remember, you know, the My Lab record. Yeah, uh, for sure.
0: It's awesome. Yeah. I love
1: that record. <laughs> I was like, Reggie, oh, the, is all the four
0: dead. plus yes. one ensemble record. Yeah. 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 I haven't heard it in a while. Yeah. That was, it was fun to tour it.
1: Yeah. Definitely. It amazing.
2: So when, so were you a musician first? Like, is that what you, when uh, you kind of came out, and you were looking to be a musician or did, were you looking, was comedy a natural fit for you or just blending those two together made sense?
0: Uh, I mean, it, I guess it just, it all just started to make sense because I would use music, you know, in, in my comedy or I would do parodies, you know, like Weird Al coming out with, uh, eat it was like such a huge, <laughs> huge. When that came out, I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? This is insane. You know, like, uh, yeah. Anyways, it was, just, it just blew me away that you could do that, you know? And, um, and then I started making my own parody songs and, I don't know. And then also just the eighties pop culture wise in the eighties. It was just, I just, I'm like, so glad I grew up then because like, it was like that the height of pop culture, um, American or Western pop culture was, it was just like, no one knew, you know, like anything, (laughs) like like how we got there. Like no one knew they were just like, we're here. So let's party, you know, like it was like that vibe. Um, and so, yeah. So the stuff that came out was like, so innovative and for the first time, and it was experiments on television you know, mm-hmm. television was the experimental platform um, like the internet is now. And so, yeah, so I, I was exposed to a lot of really crazy, weird shit, you know, that, that. Is still weird by today's standards. Absolutely, oh,
1: there's nothing like the '80s.
0: Look at look at old Max no. Headroom episodes. And tell me that yeah. shit ain't. Oh, I I, I, I've 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 completely rewatched that. It's like so telling of our current paradigm. I mean, it's it's so prescient. It's it's kind of incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a good show. It's fucking it really weird. <laughs> I watched it
2: during the pandemic. I went back and rewatched it, and it was just crazy. Yeah, and me the, too. The craziest thing I think. Is that, and I think I think we're a similar age, but the crazy thing to me is that that Mex Hedrum bit was based on an actually I live, grew up in Chicago was ba- based it was, on something it was an that, ad. It was an ad, <laughs> but it, the yeah. guy broke the he like hacked into the local television station.
0: Oh, do you remember that? That, that was crazy. Yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's so, um I forget. Yeah.
2: And I don't think to this day they knew who who did it, but he had some kind of transponder receiver or something, and he actually yeah. broke in. And they were moving this back weird background while he had this weird yeah to on. make it
0: look like half Center <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was insane. Yeah, like they hacked pu- like the public television whatever yeah. or whatever station it was for like like two minutes or yep. something like that or three minutes. Two,
2: two. Or I three, think they eight, did eight, eight, it twice. Minutes. Yes,
0: they did it twice. <laughs> I think they did it twice. It's like. Crazy. And no one knows to this day. To and this it's, day. It's,
2: yeah. No one understands how they actually hacked it or who was actually behind it, which is <laughs> crazy. And if they did something like that today, they would, uh, you know, they'd certainly be underground and they under right. the jail. You know, you...
0: T- oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you talk crazy. about the Eat It record. But that was that time. It that
2: was, was. It was the 80s. Everyone was high and happening, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel blessed to have grown up in the 80s, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, that... That eat it record. 100%. I couldn't. My parents wouldn't let. Wouldn't e- even though my very first like album that they got me was Run DMC, followed mm-hmm. by Beastie Boys. They wouldn't let me get the Eat It record because for some reason they thought it was rude. Right? It was rude, and I couldn't have it, and what? I wasn't allowed to get. Don't ask me. Wow. You know, I grew up in this weird <laughs> I Irish it. Catholic household, and certain things were off <laughs> oh, limits. Okay. We went to church for the first yes. school, but not for God. It was a weird. I grew up in a weird yeah, house of course, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But my grandma bought it for me, the Eat It Record, and we know. played the shit out of that. My grandmother would record. buy me the stuff yeah, too. For sure.
0: That, yeah, yeah. Oh that's cool. What a cool grandma.
2: Yeah. yeah. I don't think she realized what she was doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, well, you got lucky. But well how blessed I I I, I was. Um okay. so so I have a I have a question, and I I don't think in uh, doing homework about you, I don't think I got this answer. How did you actually make it onto the James Corden show
0: as the band leader?
2: You were oh, great on well, that show, by the way. Great on that show.
0: Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun times in the city. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. We. I think I was just I I just gotten done with comedy Bang Bang, and I was in. LA for a couple more weeks. And then I was going back to New York. And, um, and then in that time, I got a call to meet with James Corden, who I didn't know at the time, um, and went to this hotel in Beverly Hills, sat down, talked with the showrunner, Ben Winston and, uh, and James. And then like, I think at one point, like, I think they basically just said, we'd like you to be the band leader. And, and James was like, I don't want anybody else um i want you and i was like okay but i was like i just quit comedy bang bang and i was like looking forward to having like a so- some solo time and like to chill time you know figure out some other projects to get into so I, it kind of took me a while to decide to do it or not but it took me like i don't know maybe like a month of just checking around stuff like that and then uh yeah and then it happened and um i, I mean i chose to do it and they I asked them for all the stuff I wanted and they were cool with everything that I asked for and, and then, yeah, then we did it.
1: There you go.
2: Yeah, you broke the mold. The coolest band leader at all of late night tele- <laughs> television for sure. And and it was a, it was a good run. I think uh, James Gordon just ended last year, didn't
0: he? Yeah, April 28th. Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah. so I want to ask you a question about growing up in, in Great Falls,
0: Montana. So you mm-hmm. were
2: born... Mm-hmm in uh stuttgart is that right mm-hmm. yeah that's right you were born in stuttgart and then came over and landed in great falls montana how did and so how did how was it growing up in great falls montana
1: it's beautiful out there i loved it in your book when you were talking about how you can just see the sky you can you can see all of these things forming you know mm-hmm. <laughs> with these weather patterns mm-hmm. it's beautiful out there
0: yeah it's incredible i mean it's a uh, you know it's a uh, uh, Again, like growing up there in the in the seventies and the eighties, you know it was just a perfect time to grow up there Um, because you know didn't have any network devices, no cell phones, and a lot of autonomy and a lot of self discovery. So and to be you know in nature and to like sign up for programs, you know like swim classes after school or skiing or. You know, or I was in the Boy Scouts and we used to go camping and you know learn knots and survival skills and all that stuff and that was really great. But then also Star Wars and all the eighties pop culture was really popular. So playing with kids like Star Wars and like hanging out in the woods and you know playing games and going to swamps and whatever it was like it was <laughs> it was awesome. It was like everything that Stranger Things depicts. Right. Like they nailed it. <laughs> like that's that that's, that's pretty true. much the existence. Just riding your bike like as fast as you can to get over to your friend's house to play Dungeons and Dragons or to play some weird Atari game or something like that. And so, it was kind of an idyllic uh upbringing.
2: And so did you find uh it was easy to make friends in Great, Fa- Great Falls Ma- Montana? Was that your was was it easy to come from out of the country and then make your way into Great Falls Montana or was was there barriers to finding
0: friendships and assimilating and yeah i mean it was i would say uh yeah it was i think it was pretty easy i mean like i had a lot of friends in my early years i had mostly uh girl friends um but then uh as, me too in I my early and later it, years yeah you have, oh, yeah there you go. yeah yeah
1: that's the way to do it yeah i agree
0: because like because because women rule <laughs> um, but I agree. more, more right. fun, <laughs> more fun. But, uh, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I always had like, I always had friends. I was pretty good at making friends. I just kind of was, I don't think I was ever, I don't think I ever dreamed of being with friends that I didn't get to be with, be friends with. Yeah. Like, I think you just, I just made friends with whoever was like down to be friends, you know? And, uh, so I never really had a want or anything like that. It just kind of it just organically happened and yeah it was it was it was great it wasn't a, yeah it wasn't hard at all really
2: yeah i feel the same way i think like you know people ask like you know were you in the popular clique or were you in the band clique or were you in the this clique and i was like i don't know i was friends with who i i felt like i was friends with and i didn't really had didn't wasn't really bothered by anything else i i just kind of tried to tune out the noise a little bit and it really didn't matter to me um and quite frankly <laughs> yeah. i like to be alone a lot too so <laughs> that was one thing yeah. you did play
1: yeah, third yeah. string what saxophone i played
0: third third oh, third, third, chair third chair saxophone let's get yes. it right sorry
1: there's no strings oh yeah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah nice yeah no strings attached
3: yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah fuck russell first chair i wanted to be second chair because i didn't want to have all the responsibility of
0: first chair but yeah totally you don't okay. want no yeah, second chair was cool. Yeah, I was first chair, second violin at one point. Oh,
2: were which you? Was dope, nice. but that's
0: kind of like being second chair, first violin.
2: <laughs> I didn't want the heavy weight of first chair. I really wanted second chair, but they gave first me first chair third is too chair. much.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, pressure. I feel like yeah. the pressure.
2: If you ride down the middle, no, everyone just kind of lets you be. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to stand yeah. out in any particular way. Uh, one of my favorite bits that you do, you sing a song about Robitussin. Um. Oh yeah. Th- yes. Yeah, yeah. Robid- Robitussin uh, and Benadryl. <laughs> I think it's actually about <laughs> Benadryl, but you talk about Robitussin too, which I identify with. Robitussin is a nice dissociative that can really make for a wonderful Saturday evening, especially when you're <laughs> 17 years old and all those girlfriends that you have yeah. don't want anything to do with you on Saturday night. They're happy to talk to you at school, mm-hmm. but don't want to talk to you on Saturday mm-hmm. night. <laughs> um,
0: Yo, yeah yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, so so I want to ask you a little bit about this because I did see a interview. Like maybe it was last week. I was watching this interview, and you had a shirt on, and I can't forget what it says, but it was about ketamine, right? It said something about ketamine.
0: Um, oh, maybe the ketaverse.
2: Ketaverse. So tell tell me your thoughts on ketamine. I'm interested to hear this.
0: Uh, I I, lo- I love it. I think it's one of my favorite drugs ever. Um, it's uh a so very uh, you know it's like I, I, I kind of call the space that you enter into with it the infinite lim- liminal and uh, yeah. meaning it feels like you're in a diagnostic mode it feels like you're kind of in the hallways between all the things that reality is or at least perception so you're like in between everything but and then in being there you're also not very emotional it's very kind of pragmatic in a, in a strange way mm-hmm. and you're able to like, you know, depending on how high you get, um, I like going into a K-hole because that's an incredible experience, you know, to just like fall into this zone where you're not having to think about anything. You're just in a pure experiential mode. And it's so kaleidoscopic and fractal and just otherworldly, like just reconfiguring the way that you're seeing reality and perceiving it. And so, really amazing. And then, when you're not in a K-hole but like still pretty high and you're with friends, it can be this really incredible social situation where you're both occupying the same reality, almost like you're in a dream state together consciously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And incredible things happen in that state. I've witnessed, you know, at least seemingly telepathic things um you know people coming up with the same experiences and not talking to one another um you know or talking over great distances across a loud room at a very low voice but still being able to hear each other Whoa, very perfectly cool. um very very weird like stuff so i'm i'm really and i've done uh music recorded music high on ketamine and what comes out of it is insane. I mean, it's insane that you can even function when you're that high, but it's like things just start to happen automatically. It's like, you're just automatically playing and observing yourself playing. And so you're like listening to the record you're making, if that makes sense. Or you're listening to, yeah, you're listening to the record you're making. It's, it's crazy.
2: It's, it's very, Um, it's it's an interesting drug to me. Yeah. I've done it. Yeah, I've been in a K hole. I find it to be a very fascinating um, place to be. It's almost it is like having an out of body experience. is is the best way that yeah. I can explain it. But and it is a dissociative, so that's ex- exactly what it does, right? You disassociate from your body, and I guess that's why now they give it as a painkiller. I've had some friends who have been in, you know, accidents, trauma to their mm-hmm. leg or whatever, and now they're, you know, giving and ketamine, from, yeah, and as for a,
1: mental health. You know, there's so many new discoveries too that people are going back to
2: well here's what i wanted to ask ketamine. you yeah here's mm-hmm. i wanted to ask you about it because mm-hmm. uh, the interview uh, that, that i was watching you were speaking uh, really highly about ketamine and i had a friend this is probably a decade ago and he had something called trigeminal neuralgia which is also referred to as the
0: suicide oh that disease. is the worst yeah yeah suicide disease yeah
2: because it's affects your the the main nerve that runs through your face it causes yeah, these headaches all the way yeah. And he got it from, yeah, he, th- he thinks from playing hockey, like he was a semi-pro hockey player, right? And he thinks that got, he got it from just banging his head repeatedly. He also came, that also came with some PTSD and some mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And he had tried everything, everywhere, all the time, every doctor, mass amounts of opiate-related pain medication, all this other stuff. And the doctor per- at one you know, Sloan Kettering or somewhere, one of these famous hospitals, prescribed him ketamine. And so one day I saw him sniffing something out of a bottle in like the afternoon and I was like, what are you doing? Uh. Is that like nasal stuff? And he's like, dude, don't tell anybody this. He handed me the bottle, and it was ketamine. And I was like, whoa, for mm-hmm. ketamine? A prescription for ketamine? Mm-hmm. That's in fucking insane. How are you taking that stuff? And he's like, Brian, I swear to God, this is a wonder drug. It has helped me so much, and I can still function. Like, I'm okay to function. It's a small enough dose that I function, but it takes away the pain, mm-hmm. and it puts me in a frame of mind where I don't want to literally jump off a cliff mm-hmm. all the time. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. Now, my experiences with ketamine, like, I, you know, I'm just a recreational user of ketamine and probably taking too much of it at times but i was just so surprised by this and i'm so fascinated by the pharmacology that we all as as children growing up in the 80s and 90s or teenagers or young adults in the 80s and 90s taking all these drugs experimentally you know they're Mm -hmm. illegal they're bad they're don't do this Mm -hmm. you're be arrested whatever and now the world waking up to this like wow ecstasy can help wow Mm -hmm. mushrooms is great can be great and therapeutic um, sessions. Ketamine can help uh, people literally uh, take them off the edge. And I like how you talk about this in a very pragmatic, realistic, but you're also, um, I don't know, in almost a responsible way. And I I, I really thought you're, you you had, a good, had some good thinking on that. And then you were talking about Kratom one and one of the interviews also. And Chrissy uh, yeah. and I were talking about yeah. this early. What is your experience with Kratom?
0: Well, uh, I mean I first experienced it. I was doing a, this uh, I did this video series that I created called uh, Drone Versations, um, that are interviews with uh, other musicians and other cool groovy people um, that's entirely shot by drones. but the uh, the drones are so loud you can barely hear the conversation. <laughs> and so I did one with um, Thundercat. And he showed up with this case of K-Shots. <laughs> he's great. And he had this case of K-Shots. And I was like, what the fuck is this K-Shot thing? And he's like, it's Kratom. Or, or he might have been pronouncing Kratom, but it is pronounced Kratom. And uh, I was like, oh, sure, I'll check it out. And I did one. And I was like, holy shit, this is an insane high. This is amazing. And, uh, and he was popping them like every, I don't know, 30 minutes or something Whoa. like that. I was just... I was like, how are you doing this? He's just got like, he's like a, built like a tank. But uh, anyways, I thought I can, I can withstand some pretty high doses, but that was just <laughs> too much. Anyways, I, I had one and we did the shoot. And then the next day I went to a smoke shop and they sell them there. And so I got a little box of it. I came home, took one, felt amazing. And then I took another one and I felt sick. sick. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, maybe this isn't for me. And then I gave them away. And then, flash forward, I don't know, over a year later, and then this product, Feel Free, shows up on my Instagram ads. And even though I hate getting ads on Instagram, uh, I was like, yeah. well, that's interesting. And so, then I ordered some, and then I had one. I was like, holy shit, I feel incredible right now. And um, But it was mixed with kava. So, it was like a kava ah. kratom blend. Okay. And so, you get the anti-anxiety aspects uh, calming aspects of kava and then you get the euphoric elements of kratom and yeah so i started there i was really fell in love with it and then started experimenting with like that so that and thc edible plus kratom or sorry plus ketamine produces an incredible high like that stack if timed correctly if you do the edible first then wait a half an hour then do the feel free Um, I usually do the whole thing. Some people just do half, but some people get a little sick from feel free tunes, but, um, but anyways, you, you do that. That's what I did anyways. And then, uh, and then added, uh, the, the K like maybe an hour after that, after the onsets of both of those things. And it just produced this insane high. Like I felt like I was all those pictures of someone sitting on a lotus you know like all the energy (laughs) fields around like these like these like graduated energy fields around them and like i felt like that and when i was speaking with my friend i was speaking in the most fluid concise way i've ever spoken in my life it was insane. And I was like, what is that? And so when I hit that, that's really what I'm doing. When I'm experimenting with these things, I'm calibrating mm-hmm. chemicals and seeing where it gets you. Is it consistent? Is it dependent on is it contextually dependent? Blah blah blah. So um that's where I got into it. But then feel free, it was like a little bit too grenade like and I was and some people were like, oh I'm having a problem with it. I'm addicted and I don't really have an addictive personality. So I was like, well you know, I'll take breaks. I'm going to take more breaks from it, and I took breaks, and I feel fine from it. But then this other product came in called New Brew, um, that is uh, about half the dose of a Feel Free. Yeah, but it's they use an extract instead of using the whole kratom leaf. So okay, and feel and Feel Free, you'll get clumping because there's actual plant Chunks matter of it in again. there. Yeah. There's chunks of it. Yeah. So it gets like gloppy, which I hate because it tastes so shitty that when you're doing it and suddenly it like sticks for a second and then dumps a whole bunch in your mouth, you (laughs) almost throw up. It's like, Oh my, Oh, um, and so with new brew, it's an extract. So they just extract it from the leaf. And it's much easier on your stomach. I don't know anybody who's gotten sick from it like, like they do with Feel Free. And uh, and it tastes good. It tastes like a Yerba Mate, no more plantier than a Yerba Mate would taste. So they really nailed that formula. And now I'm like, this is the perfect mm-hmm. formula. On occasion, I'll do a Feel Free if I want to like do a grenade, like, you know, yeah. hardcore. But mostly I just stick to that. So that's my relationship with Kratom now.
2: Yeah, I took, uh, I've taken Kratom and I took it, I remember the first time I took it, someone was telling Chrissy that someone left a a bag of it at my house after a party. There was a party, someone left a bag. Oh yeah, loose leaf. Yeah, it wasn't loose leaf, it it was actually in pills. Pills. And so mm. I called the person. I said, "Hey, you left this stuff over here. Had no idea what it was. Oh, take a few. You know, it'll be fine. I'll, leave, I'll get them ne- next time. Whatever." And I took a few before I went to a movie with the girl I was dating at the time, and I remember feeling this is ve- this feels very much like I took a painkiller and had a couple of cups of coffee. Right? It feels like there's like a yeah, well, that's yes, a good description, like a mellowing effect, um, like a Vicodin. You know, it's you're yeah. feeling relaxed, but you want to go do stuff. You want? I, I couldn't sit still yeah. in the movie. I was like, I want to go organize my closet. <laughs>
3: I, I want to talk yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah 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 yeah.
2: I feel you're so methodical about your uh chemical use. I feel like
0: you take notes or well, something. Like everybody's a, brain
1: is different, yeah, that's you know. True. People respond yeah. in different ways. You got to feel what's right for you.
0: Yeah, but, Yeah, I mean, I'm a, yeah. I just like exploring, you yeah. know, and I like it's fun when you're when you're experiencing some of these things with, you know, other people and you're able to share in these experiences like I recently uh, ran into methaqualone, which is also known as Quaaludes. Oh, um, I didn't know they made which it. Which hasn't anymore. existed. Yeah, it, was, it hasn't been around since 1983. But some chemist, I guess, somewhere figure out figured out the precursor in order to make the chemical reaction to produce methaqualone. And so I got to try it, and it's, I you know, it's like I can kind of understand why people would get hooked to it. It's classified as a hypnotic. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I don't, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting high. It just makes you feel really groovy. It's kind of like a Valium, I guess. I don't have that much experience with like Valiums and yeah, whatever the that. other things that are generally Xanax people and all are that. abuse. Yeah. Xanax and all that stuff. I, I'm not super, I, I can't really remember what that high is, but I know that it's generally like opioid Yeah, you know, like kind of, kind of, ah, feel good and kind of numbed or whatever. But, um. But heavy, like it's
2: heavy. Like, heavy. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you got
0: like a weighted blanket on you yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. This is this is not that. It's like that. It's that feeling, but, it, but it's hyper-functional. So you're still like, you're zippy. You know, you're like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. But I just feel great. And then like, and I, you know, it's like, I know no one does this and I probably shouldn't mention it on the show, but if you happen to be like making love... Um, with somebody, I apologize. You can, can cut out the making love part. Uh, no, but, uh, you can say yeah. yeah. Please, we're dude,
2: <laughs> Reggie, come on. You are. I want to tell you <laughs> something. You are amongst friends. Literally, we're the only ones that are going to hear this. So you're fine. Don't worry about
0: it. That's <laughs> so, so awesome. Take it all the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. When you when you're doing that, it's like it's on 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 quaalude. It's it's really beautiful. It's like oh, wow. very. Hyper connected, like it's it's a really beautiful thing, but you know it's also functional. So you can just like you could be at, I'm t- taking at a party. I like to take drugs sometimes in social situations, mm-hmm. and also in like you know comfortable at home situations, just to know what are they like in different 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 contexts and um and at a party it's it's really nice too you just feel like hey man hey it's like it's like how matthew mcconaughey must feel all right. the time
3: right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i imagine sometimes you get recognized and you know i know you're a kind person an empathetic person and you try probably try to do your best to, you know be nice to everybody, right? But you're at that party and there's that annoying guy like Brian Green, like, hey, Reggie, what'd you do this? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so when you're in third grade, everything's happens? great.
0: Yeah. And then everything's great. guy.
2: He was interesting to talk to.
0: <laughs> yeah. He was really cool, very thorough. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, like a new brew or a feel free also does that socially. I, yeah. It makes whoever you're talking to, you're completely interested in everything they're saying. It's amazing. It's like it makes you so receptive to information yeah. that you see it all as great and interesting. It's 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 really quite incredible.
2: Nice. I'm going to the head <laughs> shop know. because I the head shop has brew. it. I Do saw it. the new brew at the head shop. Yeah, <laughs> oh you brew.
0: new brew? Yeah, oh. get get some new brew. Uh, the the CEO guy, he like he's the he's the dude that turned me on to it. They gave me some and then he came over and gave me more and we hung out and He's a really cool dude, and he and his brother started the company. And dear Newburgh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, I know, hey, hey they, might, they, yeah. <laughs> they might, they might. I mentioned it on here. you will probably down.
4: <laughs> hey,
2: listen, the commercial break audience, this is probably perfect for Newburgh. <laughs> yeah. So come on board. <laughs> um, I have to say this. We just have a few minutes left, but I, I have to say this. I was trying to explain to my wife, who's Venezuelan, who's not so familiar with Reggie Watts, but um, I said he's like a he's like a communication. Voyager, he's like reaching out to people in new, weird, wonderful ways, and I've always seen you like that as a person who just kind of mixes stuff up and is trying to uh, communicate with people in these weird and wild ways. And I've I've loved it. I've I've, since a long time ago. I've just loved your brand of humor, your music, um, your style. I think it's super interesting. And uh, the book is great. Great Falls, Montana Fest, times, Post Punk, Weirdos. Um, Reggie, I really appreciate you you coming on today. And uh, I know Chrissy does, too.
1: Absolutely. And I share a love of shoehorns with you as
2: well. Oh,
0: sick. They're the best. are they the best? They're the best. Wait, wait. Yeah. Tell us
2: about the shoehorns. <laughs> hold on. You can't leave it like that.
3: What?
0: I didn't... <laughs> Oh. oh no! He's yeah, yeah I, 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 the, I know. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I love shoehorns. Yeah, I have a, a really great one. Yeah, use it every day. I have a really all my cool all my Gen use. Z friends are like, "What is that?" Yeah. They're Like, they have no idea what it is. It I'm makes like, "It's, it's cool. a shoe." And then when I show them. They're like, "What?" <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's <laughs> yep. awesome. I thought I of my it.
2: grandfather when in that part of the book because my grandfather used to have like the he he has the old school. He used to have the old the school tiny ones. Yeah, the tiny ones. But then he also had the very large ones too. Like you know the ones that you slip down like. When he got older, <laughs> the older ones where he got down. Yeah. He had a shoe buffer, <laughs> an electric shoe buffer. From the I don't know I I'm gonna guess it. the 50s and I just used to play with that thing every time I went over there was nothing else to do except for the shoe buffer and I just used to put my
3: you foot in take there care of and your and shoes and your make feet <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah oh man like uh, we I I could probably spend the entire afternoon talking to you Reggie we really appreciate yeah, you thank coming you on for and hopefully we'll get the a time. chance to talk to you again and uh, you know new brew come on come on board <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we get new brew and we'll all drink it and we'll do an episode of the let's commercial do
0: break. Oh, yeah, let's do that. That'd okay. be fun. I'd Done love Done deal.
2: That. So new brew CEO guy, send us some new brew and we'll get Reggie on and we'll say new brew all day long. It's We'll call our Hell show yeah. the new brew break. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm a whore, I'll give it out. Uh, Reggie, thank you so much. Go out and get the thank book, guys. We you. really appreciate it. Thanks, Reggie.
4: Nice to meet you.
2: Pleasure.
4: What? Oh, hi, it's Christina again, here to remind you to go to tcbpodcast.com for all things audio, video, and TCBdeo. Give us a follow on Instagram at the commercial break and on TikTok at tcbpodcast. And guess what? We have a new phone number. I know what you're thinking, but I promise this is the last TCB phone number you will ever have to remember. <laughs> so call us and leave us a voicemail or text us at 212-433-3TCB. Once more for the people in the back, that's 212-433-3TCB. Oh, and check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash thecommercialbreak. That's all for now. Let's listen to our sponsors and get back to the show.
2: Oh, man, the great Reggie Watts.
4: How can you
2: argue with the great Reggie Watts? (laughs) You can't. (laughs) You can't. It's hard to argue with the great Reggie Watts. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like so I'd lose cool. anyway. He's so cool. He's like the epitome of cool. Yeah. And then he's super smart on top of it. And I always feel like Reggie's, um, I don't know how to say this. Like, he's so cerebral, right, that I wonder how stupid he thinks I really am. Like, I like, <laughs> ask him that question. Like, how dumb do you think I really am? <laughs> I mean.
1: Well, he's, he's going to come back. Yeah.
2: So. Well, they all say they're going to come back. Yeah. <laughs> They all say they're coming back. (laughs) But as Astrid pointed out, it's hard to say, no, I won't come back. But I'm sure it will happen at some point. At some point, somebody's going to go, nope, no, thanks. That's probably when we get, like, you know, Corey Hamon or whatever, Feldman on or something. (laughs) We tried to have Corey Feldman on. He just wanted us to pay him. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. No, (laughs) not going to get in the business of paying people to be on the show. If three listens is not (laughs) enough to prod you onto the show, well, then fuck you. (laughs) Then fuck you. If the great Reggie Watts knows it's important, then Corey Feldman should know it's important. Yes. God damn it. Of course, I do notice that a lot of our guests, including Reggie, and there's no, and I don't blame Reggie for this at all. As a matter of fact, this, I would, I'm also thinking the same way, and I'm not even hit, half as famous as Reggie is. That I do notice that they go through the list Conan, Joe Rogan, you know, whatever, two bears and they a cup or whatever rounds. it is. Yeah, they make the rounds and then. When they've exhausted all other yeah. options, they're like, "Well, guess I gotta go do that other show." <laughs> There's
1: this one
2: more. They
1: say they have listeners, but I. Yeah, they uh, say
2: they have <laughs> listeners, but uh, I was actually on the show, and I wouldn't listen. <laughs> but but in our defense, I actually don't have a defense. There's no defense. <laughs> Oh, that was
1: exciting. I love all of our interviews that yes, we've been doing. Yes, I
2: do. And I love Reggie. Thank you, Reggie, very much for coming on. Go grab his book, Great Falls, Montana, Fast Time, Post Punk, and Weirdos. It's a great book. It's a great read. It's an easy read. I actually think this is the kind of book that can be turned into a movie, and I, uh, I think it should be turned into a movie. Because yes. Reggie is just one of those unique comic minds that don't come along very often, and uh, we cherish it, and it should be put on celluloid in a very funny way. So that we can all enjoy it for many eons to come. Of course, I'm probably 30 years older than Reggie and I'll die before he does, but whatever. You get the point. You get the point. Well, uh Blue, Chrissy, and I want to say thank you very much to Reggie.
1: Yes, Blue especially. She's a big fan.
2: Yes, huge fan, so much of a fan. She pushed over a 10-pound weight to get she in did. the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, I must see Reggie. I must see Reggie. All right, okay, tcbpodcast.com. That's where you go. You find out more information about Chrissy and I, all the show notes, all the audio, all the video, right there from one location. Go nowhere else. Go to (laughs) tcbpodcast.com. It's
1: not anywhere else.
2: It's not. Yeah, you can get it everywhere else, actually. Uh, And you get your free Piggy Fronting sticker right now available to you. All you have to do is write in, hit the Contact Us uh, button on the website, drop us your physical address, and we will send it off to you. 212 433 3 TCB is the fifth phone number we've had, and probably the last <laughs> one, hopefully. 1 3 TCB. Questions, comments, concerns, content, ideas, ask Brian's mom, ask TCB, all that stuff. You can just text it to us or leave us a voicemail, and now we will actually get them because we are no longer fucking around with phone.com.
1: That's right.
2: Uh, we would also just love it. We'd be just like super pleased. If anytime you hear a sponsor on this show and you're in the market for their products or services, or you like their products or services, please make sure you use the specialized URLs and codes. It's the way that they know we're doing our job. And that is the way we get paid, or that is the way we think we're going to eventually get paid. (laughs) Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers for the commercial break. Uh, At the commercial break on Instagram, TCB podcast on TikTok and YouTube.com slash the commercial break. All right, Chrissy, that is definitely all I can do for this day. I think so. But I'll tell you that I love you. I love you. Best to you. Best to you. And best to you out there in the podcast universe. Until next time, Chrissy and I always say, we do say, and we must say, Goodbye. goodbye.